Welcome to School of PE Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. We are going to discuss topics about FE, PE, and SE, and we're also going to answer questions that will help students prepare for their exams. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of this weekly School of PE podcast. I'm Chris Miller, and today we have an interesting topic of LL97 impact in energy carbon footprint in the Big Apple, New York City. We have a special guest with us today, Mr. John Zaccio, PE out of uh, New York. So let's welcome John. John, thanks for coming on for today. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having me. All right. Well, John, before we get into the fun stuff for the day, you want to just kind of give the audience a little bit of a, you know, background on you and, uh, you know, kind of give a short introduction. Yeah, of course. So um, I'm a mechanical engineer uh, for uh, HVAC as well as electrical plumbing fire alarm for an engineering firm in New York City. Uh, We do a lot of um, commercial and residential high rises and buildings and restaurants for HVAC. So we do uh you know a variety of things um basically my job is uh for project management and mepe design so we do you know make the blueprints like you good old days <laughs> we also do you know we go from start to finish in a lot of these projects so it's in a lot of exciting projects going on with uh you know i do a lot of work in the empire state building which is pretty cool so it's um it's interesting it sounds like, I mean, it's a topic, I mean, you know, the carbon footprint is something that I think everyone kind of has a um, um, an attachment to. It's definitely something that everyone has on the radar, that's for sure. But, oh, absolutely. But before we get too far, you know, you being the, in the Big Apple, New York, I got to ask you, Yankees or Mets? I might get a lot of stuff for this, but it's I'm, I'm a Mets fan, and I'll tell you why. My, Please. My gra- okay, my grandfather was a... Uh, a big Dodgers fan. He was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. So when they moved, they, you know, he had to go with uh, the Mets and he didn't, uh, you know, succumb to the Yankees. So I do have a little battle between my families because one of my, uh, my cousin's uh, uncle used to play for the Yankees. He's one back in the fifties. So wow, there's a constant battle. <laughs> it's a 50, 50, uh, you know, down the middle. So then we probably just lost 50% of our audience from New York. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, since you're already in hot water, let's go a little deeper. Jets or Giants? Uh, Well, that it's like pick your poison, but I, I'm a Giants fan. So, okay. you know, die yeah. hard from, from the beginning and you know, back to the, you know, Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor was my favorite football player. I mean, I, you know, those, those were great, great days. Hopefully – with this new regime, hopefully they, they get back, you know, on the saddle and everything. So yeah, it's sports, New York sports has been pretty stale for the last couple of years. So, I mean, I'm a big time Ranger fan. For hockey, okay. So that actually, you know, that's my saving grace right now. <laughs> and hopefully they, you know, they, they give me some serenity, but hopefully that, you know, there's continued success from there. So. You know, I know how you feel. You know, I'm an L.A. fan. I'm an L.A. guy, uh, moved to Columbus. But, you know, heart lays with the L.A. sports. And, you know, we have had a rough stretch, right? Lakers aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. Dodgers finally won big. But, yeah, so I can feel your pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> so now that we've either made most of New York happy or most of New York sad, let's uh, <laughs> dive into the topic for the day. So let's sure. start off with a doozy, I think. What is the Climate Mobilization Act? 
All right, so the Climate Mobilization Act uh, developed in April of 2019. And what it is, it's um, the goal is to reduce the carbon emissions in New York City, uh, since this is, has become a major issue over time with the, you know, the ozone layer being deteriorating and, you know, the air quality in the city is very, very poor. So this, this is um, a, an act that is actually brought into a local law, 97 in New York City, and they are, the goal is to reduce uh, carbon emissions in the city by 40% by 2030, and by 2040, they want to do uh, 80%. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very aggressive. And, um, you know, what, what I do for my, my job is, you know, very involved of like a lot of these commercial residential buildings to achieve that because there is some consequences. I'm sure we'll get into that too. No, absolutely. You know, so poor air quality, something I, you know, I've experienced as well. You know, like I said, I'm from LA. I grew up in uh, Santa, up by Santa Barbara, so more central California, small town called Lompoc and air was clean, blue skies, crisp air. (laughs) And, um, Right when I, I think I was a um, freshman in high school, my dad got transferred down to the Inland Empire. And I remember people telling me that, you know, you're moving to somewhere that you can taste the air. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're like, the smog is so bad there that you're going to, the air has a taste. And I didn't believe it, right? I've always seen blue skies. And sure enough, as you're driving down the hill from um, into the heart of LA, you just see like a brown sky, just pure smog. So, I mean, I definitely can understand what you're talking about as far as poor air quality um, and uh, the need to get it cleaned up. So that that's great. That's a very aggressive um, plan, but I, I mean, you know, if it works out, that'd be fantastic uh, for everybody. So um, let's talk about which buildings will be affected by the LL97. So um, the code, well, the code, the local law says that um, any buildings that are 25,000 square feet feet or more needs to be applied applying to this local law now um there is some exceptions um they actually exempt uh new york city government uh buildings and uh you know houses of worship and uh a few others but it's mostly like you know a lot of the buildings will be affected by this since we have a lot of high rises in, in the city right um i mean anything below below three floors or less they, they, that is actually um safe they actually exempted from that but you know even though it's you know it's a exemption they should practice on reducing carbon emissions to begin with so you know for the common goal of you know for people's health and everything yeah cleaner cleaner air benefits everybody especially like in a city of new york where you have so many people just you know commuting to work by walking right i mean walking back and forth being out in the air you got a beautiful central park out there that a lot of people spend a lot of time in so cleaner air would make it much more enjoyable there so you know like when we when i you know hear talk about reducing emissions you know i'm always thinking it applies to you know the automobile industry right how can you reduce emissions um but so how what can buildings do or how do you i guess reduce emissions based i mean from buildings so what we're actually doing is uh, globally, they're trying to electrify a lot of these buildings. In other words, you know, taking out boilers that are using uh, gas, natural gas, and putting in electric boilers in. 
and you know connecting to the Con Edison grid. And Con Edison is actually on their end. They're trying to reduce their carbon emissions of you know, you know they they their power plants you know burn a lot of uh, coal and mm-hmm. fossil fuels, which do produce a lot of carbon emissions to begin with. So right. their um you know that their goal is to use wind, solar energy to offset that on their end. And, you know, they're, they're going to supply that to a lot of these buildings for the electric. So we actually could reduce the carbon emissions on both sides. Oh, that makes sense. I appreciate you explaining that. So, you know, when people think of, I guess, emissions again, they probably go back to cars, right? You know, mm-hmm. reduce the number of uh, gas burning cars on the roads, more fuel or electric cars. But what what other factors can drive emissions? Uh, you know, there's obviously the, the big one is transportation. There's mm-hmm. cars, there's planes, uh, you know, buses. Mm-hmm. They do, you know, that's a big portion of carbon emissions in, in the world. Um, also, you have, you know, like we said, the electric, you know, electricity and steam production that also uh, contributes a larger portion to carbon emissions. As you know, as you know, we burning coal, burning fossil fuels will emit, you know, carbon mm-hmm. uh, dioxide in, in the air. And that's that's a major portion. But it's also, you know, like industrial stuff like manufacturing. They use a lot of, um, you know, machinery that uses gas and fossil fuels that will uh, contribute to that. And um, actually, you know, even your residential house, you know, if you have a boil, a gas fire boiler and for your heating system, it's going to use, you know, it's gonna emit carbon emissions also. I mean, it's not, it seems like on a, glo- a smaller scale, but you know, uh, when you have multiple houses, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it accumulates at, during time. And actually <laughs> human beings, we, we emit, carbon dioxide too right so right you know it's did they actually do say that we exhale 2.3 pounds of carbon dioxide a day oh wow that's a it's a that's a lot of uh you know carbon emissions from us like we you know you think about it going to a sports stadium um you have twenty thousand people there in a closed area that 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 uh, adds up yeah, no, that that's a good. I've never thought of that. You know, I know we, you know, we exerted, but I mean, I never thought about. Man, that's a lot. And then you're right. I mean, even if you take a, a city, like I mean, New York City, take the population and and uh, imagine how much is being emitted. That that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. it, on a subway car, you know, it's before pre, you know, pandemic, we were uh, packed like sardines, and you know, you, you don't realize it that you're breathing other people's airspace as, as well as like, you know, carbon emissions also. So, right. You know, you know, you bring up something interesting. It might sidetrack a little bit. Uh, the subways yeah. in New York. So how have they, how has they been affected by the pandemic? Have they reduced the, uh, maybe the number of times subways run? Have they reduced capacity on subways? Yeah. So a lot of, you know, as we know that we doing a lot of like remote working mm-hmm. and everything. So they actually reduce some of their, um, their run times on, mm-hmm. on their uh, subways and everything. And the good thing about it is they use a lot, you know, it's, it's electricity that they use, mm, right. you know, to run these subways. So that, you know, kind of reduces that, that portion. Um, but uh, during this time, it's, I mean, listen, they, they've been doing a lot of cleanliness and everything. Mm-hmm. 
doing a lot of, uh, you know, using a lot of uh, what you call um, Clorox and everything <laughs> to wipe down their uh, seats and everything. So they've, they've been pretty good. I mean, they should have done this years ago, but <laughs> right. you know, better late than never, I guess. So, I agree. It always takes something to open the eyes, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. you know, understanding... I guess where emissions come from is, is important, right? That way you yeah. can, you know, better uh, devise a plan or strategy. So how do we understand where emissions come from? So I guess to begin with, you know, where emissions come from, you know, we, we, let's talk about emissions. What's my emissions you know, comes from? It's fossil fuels like oil, uh, coal, uh, you know, gas, that, that, right there is the components for something that will contain carbon emissions. Um, when you, when you burn that, uh, fossil fuel, you release, you know, some types of chemicals. So you release some H2O, which is water, obviously <laughs> some heat, uh, nitrogen, nitrous oxide, and of course, carbon emissions, carbon, carbon dioxide. Um, so that's where that, you know, emissions come from, from releasing chemicals when you burn something, burn fossil fuels. No, I appreciate that. So, you know, you you were mentioning that the goal is to go from, I think you said 40% to 80%, right? Mm -hmm. So that sounds great. And, and it'd be incredible if that can be achieved. But how do you track the our progress in reducing emissions? I mean, you can someone just come out and claim, hey, we reduced emissions by 57%. You know, what what's tracking mechanism is there to kind of validate, you know, what is being um, claimed? So what they do is um, they do the, the city's doing audits on buildings. So if you're not um, submitting your documentation, your you know they 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 will you know give you a fine and everything. And so you you got to be really transparent with with New York City on on these uh, on this uh, carbon emission uh, you know goal. And um, it's it's. They they could tell by like your steam usage and your electrical usage of how what you're actually uh, using on a mm -hmm. daily basis and on an annual basis, and um, you know we we do have you know the Department of Buildings take track of what is being done in these buildings because they have it on record of okay you you guys use you know have a gas boiler and mm -hmm. you use you know this much a year then you know we, you do a whole renovation of the the system and you replace it with electrical and then you file that and now they have you on record that you okay you you put a electrical boiler in now so right you know they they track that's how they really track um what what buildings are doing right now that makes sense and it's good i mean it's good to hear that there's a audit process and some way to track it and mm -hmm. so and i guess the most important thing is there's accountability right so there's an agency that's holding all this accountable to make sure that people are adhering to what they should be doing so that, that that's great um you know as i was reading through the questions for today there's one that kind of popped out and so i'm going to go ahead and read it because it's a long one so let's see where it leads us to so um why would the city's annual inventory report be broken up into two separate entities citywide and city government so yeah that's that's a, it's a loaded question um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they, they make it very vague of like what's the difference but from what i you know interpreted as uh citywide is about you know the the uh, call, G, the greenhouse gas emissions 
for uh, city buildings, transportation, you know, as a global New York City scale. Uh, city government is just government regulated buildings and, and oh. it's, it's honed in on just that, uh, you know, that, that type of uh, buildings that they have that r- run by the city and, and state. All right. No, that makes sense. I appreciate you answering that loaded question there. I was staring at it. I was like, holy cow. I said, this is a big question. So thanks for, you know, answering that and explaining I, it. I just so- gave you the cliff notes version. Of it. I'm, <laughs> it's a lot longer, but I, I, I don't want to, you know, go on a tangent for now. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. We can save that for another podcast. So, Absolutely. um, so, I mean, you know, when everyone thinks about reducing emissions, it, everyone kind of automatically goes to fighting climate change, right? But what other benefits are there to reducing emissions well you know as what lead tells us uh you know that the triple bottom that triple bottom line is um people planet and profit so obviously people means you know the the greater good for society and reducing these carbon emissions and you know for our own health health and air quality uh for the planet, obviously, you know, environmental wise, it does affect, you know, trees and plants that does produce oxygen. It, you know, it keeps us, you know, going and mm-hmm. we, we work in tandem with, with the, the planet, obviously. And the uh, profit, obviously, this is a, um, you know, a financial uh, benefit of doing all this and, you know, reducing carbon emissions as well as saving energy too on top of it so right there is you know a incentive to do this because of uh the rebates we could get from right uh you know these uh con Edison and you know local uh distributors for for electricity and steam yeah it makes sense you know like you said you know tax rebates you see them for people that buy electric cars absolutely um, yeah but you know when it comes to wanting to li- live, I'm going to say, a better lifestyle or healthier lifestyle, there's always a cost that's associated, right? For example, mm-hmm. you know, you want to eat all organic foods. You're going to pay a heftier price than you would if you bought non-organic. So I'm sure that trying to create a more energy efficient workplace is also costly. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're going solar panels or some other method to ensure that you're becoming energy efficient. So are there any financing options available to help maybe either offset, reduce, or even pay for the cost for implementing a more efficient work? Oh, absolutely. So there is, um, you know, you, you could, I mean, the initial thing is to get a, you know, to get a loan from a bank to pay the stuff initially. And then, you know, you could get uh, compensated from, you know, your, your city and state government to you know pay back some of that that thing since you're reducing you know the you know greenhouse gas greenhouse gas effects and uh the and you know the energy uh reduction so that then you got that portion you know there's some stuff that they could uh actually give you the money up front mm-hmm. to, to pay for this stuff you know as you you can see with uh like going down down like a, on a smaller scale you know with these residential buildings well, these, you know, just your house in general, um, putting up solar panels, you know, they, they, they will give you a, you know, they, they'll pay for it in, in order to, for you to install this equipment, because obviously it's inconvenience to, to you, you know, but it's a benefit to, for both of you guys. Right, right. And, you know, you use, you're using 
your your real estate mm-hmm. to have them put their equipment there to save them energy on their end. So it's a it's a uh, you know it goes hand in hand with each other, and you know obviously a lot of this you know equipment needs square footage and right. a lot of square footage is not available in the building obviously <laughs> True. every little square foot is being used you know with for streets and buildings it's right it's tough in the city oh I, um, I understand yeah so that's that's what they're you know the compensation could be you know used as for, for the you know to, to get some money out of paying for this stuff Sure. I mean, it's good to know that there's programs out there to help people achieve a more energy efficient, uh, whether it's a residential or workplace. So, you know, interesting, though, is like when like a, you impose a limit or uh, a regulation, sometimes people look for ways to kind of skirt those limits. Right. Because mm-hmm. it might be cheaper for me to not go energy, you know, to not install the the things that make my place more energy efficient so what i guess what i'm trying to say is are there any repercussions that are there for someone that maybe either exceeds designated emission limits or just simply submits false reports oh absolutely the 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 city actually takes uh it very seriously and there is some uh, fines and violation fines that you could actually get. Uh, one of them, you know, failure to report, uh, they charge 50, 50 cents per building square foot per month. Ooh, so, wow. you know, it seems like it's nothing, but, you know, when you have a building that's a million square feet, wow. that's, a, you know, that's a lot of money per month that you're paying. So, you know, that, that could be very detrimental to your finances. Um, also, you know, exceeding your your uh, carbon emission limit as the years go by, you know, there's every five years they're they're raising the bar for that right, in the threshold, right. and they charge two hundred sixty eight dollars per metric ton uh, a year. That you know, that you uh, depending on the difference between the threshold and and how much you're actually actually producing. So that that could be obviously detrimental to you. And you know, providing false statements, they could charge you a half a million dollars for that. So <laughs> there's a lot. That's a lot of money. And, Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, well, they, they don't scale around in the city. I'm telling you. No, I tell you, New York is no joke. But nope. it's good though, right? I mean, to have those Absolutely. harsh penalties out there. You know, maybe you didn't get hit one with one, but maybe you know someone that did. So you're like, "Holy cow! That they're out there. So they're watching." You know, it, the the. I think I find kind of funny sometimes is like, you know, sure, it might be cheaper to skirt the rules a little bit, but the the price of if you get caught far exceeds any savings that you had if you would have continued operating at, you know, the the way you should not have been. Those are some hefty fines. Absolutely, yeah. But I, it, it, listen, I, I want to pay for it. That's a, I don't make that much money to pay for those fines. So. <laughs> Man, but I, it, like I said, it's good to so, see that there's fines in place. There's a, a governing body that you have to help be held accountable to. So those are all great, you know, kind of things to have in place there. So, you know, Sometimes people have good intentions where, you know, they want to create an environment that reduces emissions or become is more energy efficient, but the cost is kind of cost prohibitive to do so, right? So are there any incentives or rewards for individuals that kind of motivate them to 
move towards improving energy efficiency? Yes. I mean, listen, there's, there's actually jobs out there that they will give you to, you know, promote and, you know, get, get, get the word out on, on actually, you know, encouraging people to do this. And, you know, it's uh, going back to, you know, your, your, your PE exam and, you know, the, the oath you take, it's, it's part of that, you know, that that's your oath that you have to, you know, educate and, you know, you know, have smart enough people about this whole, you know, I would say epidemic, you know, right, of, right. of, you know, you know, this is this uh, toxicity in, in, in the air and everything just to, so it's, uh, you know, it's also, you know, self-preservation. It's, it's, you know, we, we're, we're living all together. It's one for all for one. Right. And, you know, it's, we got to work together in order to, you know, to, you know, to have, have this, reduced and for our you know to strengthen our equality of life and you know our, our children's children and everything so you know, both hand in hand uh, john i agree with you you know it, it might be you know what we do today you and i might not see the benefits of right but right. we're not doing it for that. We're doing it for, you know, like you said, your kids, gen your kids, and then their kids. So it's, it's a generational effect. Um, and it's something that's been there, right? I mean, reducing emissions or, you know, climate change has been something we've been battling for decades, right? And um, it is. Everyone has to be in it together in order for it to, it to work. Um, so it's nice to see that there's programs out there to kind of help motivate people, not just on a business level, but on an individual level as well. Um, you know, we were talking about audits here not too long ago, right, about, you know, someone can submit a false report, what the repercussions are. But let me ask you this. What takes place during energy modeling or an energy audit? Okay, so what happens is for energy modeling, energy audits, uh, they look at your, um, at, like we said before, like your annual, um, what you call bills of mm -hmm. how much you are using per month. And, you know, they extrapolate that and see how much you're, you know, you're actually doing annually. Um, you know, what, what we do at, you know, at my office at Goldman Copeland in the city, we, we actually do energy reports for people to show them, like, listen, this is what you're, producing in your building currently. And we do give them options to, you know, uh, to reduce that. And, you know, we give them like a broad, broad range of options from like simple things like, you know, changing your lights to LED mm -hmm. lights, you know, you go from 60 watts of energy to only, you know, utilizing four watts energy into the LEDs and like stuff like, you know, replacing steam traps. Like if you have leaky steam traps, that is, energy being lost in, 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 you know, in your system. So placing steam traps is another thing. And even going on a global scale, like, you know, insulating all your exposed piping, because, you know, as we, like, like we, we studied for the PE, we, we see that, you know, exposed pipe can release, you know, there's a, a major heat loss affected right. per the linear foot footage that, you know, depend on how, how long it is. And, putting insulation on the pipe will, you know, greatly reduce any losses and, you know, that will save you money on the back end. Sure. No, that makes sense. So, you know, let's briefly talk about energy reduction. So can you explain the rating system within the energy grading law? Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, since I believe 2018, mm -hmm. you have to, uh, post on your building a, uh, a scorecard of this, um, 
energy star, uh, you know, score. So the grading system is that, you know, if you have a, if you have a letter D that's a 55 or less for your building, uh, the grade for C is uh, 70, uh, 56 to 70. Uh, grade for B is 71 to 84. And the grading for A is 85 to 100. So it's on a scale of 100. Oh, wow. Kind of like, you know, it's funny you talk about these scorecards that they probably post like in the window. It's like when you're going to look for a restaurant yeah, and you exactly. see like, you know, <laughs> you see, oh, this person's been got an A. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, this restaurant's sitting at a C. You know, it's funny is that living in L.A., I went to this taco place and this is way off topic and uh, it looked good. You know, their line was out the door and, and I look in there and I'm like, holy cow, I said the health safety is a C. I'm like, hmm, I give it a shot. Holy cow, right. there are some pretty good tacos. Um, but I mean, I don't know the overall cleanliness of the place, but the tacos were good. Um, so this scorecard or this grading law, does it apply only to commercial buildings or does it also apply to residential? It, re it also applies to residential too. So there's like no uh, way around it. They, This is a, you know, it's a simple thing. Listen, they, they you put a little grade on there to be transparent to people of mm -hmm. what you're doing in the building is, is, you know, it shouldn't be a, a, you know, a detrimental effect on, on, on your operation there. I mean, listen, it's, you know, everything's transparent now. Like even it's like, it's like going to the grocery store and turning around the, uh, you know, you know the, the the rice packet and say okay how much carbs it is how much fats it is right so that's correct that's correct it's the it's the part of being transparent for society and um and listen it's it's uh you know the grading on your energy consumption and carbon emissions and people do care about that actually you know Agreed. they want they want to know you know you know at the new generation you know they're all about you mm -hmm. know you know better air quality and everything so this is the the new topic of discussion and it's 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 very important no i agree transparency is it's easy to achieve but it's also very important i mean you're right i love the grocery store example right you, yeah, you right. turn around the label you're like eh, 42 grams of sugar and eh, maybe put this back on the shelf yeah no. let's go let's go for like a you know the cauliflower rice. Maybe that'll, that'll, that'll break through. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, you know, John, we've had a lot of fun talking about a, a pretty, I guess, he, a heated topic, right? You have people on both sides of the fence, but definitely you opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't really understand about it. So I appreciate that. It, You know, it's something I could probably talk about for hours with you. So definitely would love to have you back on another podcast. But, you know, I always try to have a little bit of fun with my guests when they're on, you know, and, uh, you know, get away from the heavy hitting that we were doing for the past half hour. So let me ask you this, what first got you into engineering? Like, when did you decide that, hey, engineering is the way I want to go? All right, so you want me to give you the the answer that I, you know, the professional answer, or I should give you the the, the answer that I give to my, uh, my family. <laughs> I like the family answer. All right, so the family answer is that um, when I was playing Legos, when I was a young age, that really got me into it because I used to, I loved the, you know the building process of mm -hmm. it and like using your creative mind about like what could you build aside from you know the directions they give you can you right. make something can you prove on something you know when you, you're building building on you know a uh, you know a certain lego set and everything so that that kind of like had you paved the way of my engineering career and as i got older you know i you know it's it goes back to my my father he's 
been doing, uh, you know, uh, home improvements and construction since he was 16 years old. So the aspect of, you know, building stuff really mm-hmm. got me into it. And he put me, you know, as a, a hard Italian father, he, he put me <laughs> to work at 13 years old, you know, <laughs> learning how to like, you know, put siding on the house and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I actually very grateful for him doing that because that kind of paved my way of, mm-hmm. you know, going into like the construction business and the, the MEP business to build all this, you know, cool stuff that we, we do every on a daily basis. That's a cool answer. And if anyone from the Lego companies out there listening, they're probably thinking, holy cow, this is great. This is great to hear. We're producing engineers. But yeah, no, I, I, send, I, me I, send me some of my setups. <laughs> send you some royalties for yeah, some exactly. purchases. But no, that I mean, it's so true though, right? I mean, Legos, you have a couple of avenues. One, you can just follow the steps and get what's on the box. Or you can see if you can't expand on it and build something different. So that's pretty cool. You know, when I was a kid, um, Legos were huge, right? But they weren't like they are today where you get all these sets and it, and it walks you through. It's basically you got a bunch of Legos and you built whatever you wanted out of it. Um, but speaking of Legos, on Christmas, I have a 15-year-old in the, or soon to be 15, and he wanted Legos. I'm like, you haven't wanted Legos for years. Like, sure, let's get some Legos. <laughs> right. So we got a couple of sets of Legos. And I bet you I spent three hours building this like Star Wars spaceship that probably would have taken anyone else 30 minutes. So I was like, I'm done. I give up. I was missing pieces. And so he's like, no, we got to keep going. I said, well, why don't we go to the store tomorrow? And we'll, we'll find something and some other Lego set to build. So we went to Target and I said, okay, I'm going to buy this plate, this Lego set. It was made for five-year-olds. I said, I can do this. Right. It still took me an hour and a half. Yep. It's so hence to say, I did not yeah. go the engineering route. Um, <laughs> but John, yeah. I've had a lot of fun with you, man. Of course. Yeah, um, me too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So I got a question before you go. Sure. So have you ever been out to the West Coast? Uh, yes, I have, actually. So you've been to California? I have been, I've been to California. I've actually been to uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I've been to uh, Anaheim. I've been okay. to... Yeah, a few places. Napa Valley, of course. Napa Valley. Napa Valley, got to go there. San Francisco, so okay. So places. (laughs) So now that you and now that I know you've been to both sides of the coast, I got a question that might determine your fate whether I bring you back or not. (laughs) So, did when you were out in California, did you go to In and Out Burger? Yes, I have. Okay, so so far so good. So being an East Coaster, you probably have been to Shake Shack. Yes. Now here's the question that determines your fate: In and Out. Shake Shack, which way you going? In and out. It's it, there's no contest. I mean, Shake Shake Shack needs to bring up that game honestly because it, it's it, they, they really it. are you know dropping the ball. They they claim they're they the best uh, cheeseburger place and they're not. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's it's not cheeseburger shack. It's Shake Shack. Even their shakes are not that good. So. Let's John, <laughs> you're coming back, man. You're coming back. Uh, no, I'm from California, you know, as I mentioned. So In-N-Out's huge. And, uh, I, I, you know, I love a good old In-N-Out burger. So I, I always ask someone when they've been, you know, I have a lot of uh, guests that come from New York, whether they're architects, engineers, and I always ask them, hey, have you been to the West Coast? Yes. You've been to Shake Shack? Yes. You've been to In-N-Out? Yes. Okay, which is better? So far, In-N-Out leads by about two. Um, those other really? Those, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a, a quick story is I, yeah. I got off the plane. I told the cab driver, I'm like, go maybe go to In and Out Burger right now because I gotta try it because that was like one of my bucket list type of things is just right. go to In and Out Burger. And I went there, I got the you know double cheeseburger with the works and the fries and the 
the, the, you know, the, the Diet Coke because, you know, I don't, <laughs> want, I don't, I don't have too much calories in my diet. You know what I'm saying? I'm already going overboard. So I had it and it was, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, I, I do miss it. It's been like seven years that oh, I've wow. been, been to California. And uh, the first time I went to was 1999, actually. Okay. I went to... Just another little quick story. I actually sure. saw the Matrix act at, at the in Los Angeles at the the, the Chinese movie theater. The, really, the, the one where they do the movie premiere. Yep. Yeah, they do the movie yep. premieres. Yeah. Oh, so very I saw the, cool. the first Matrix in, in that you know the famous uh, movie theater. So that is it was that's a, cool. Yep. <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah. It's like I, I was telling you, In and Out has a two point lead all over my podcast uh, guest. The ones that avoided for Shake Shack aren't coming back. <laughs> oh, you know what? Then, you know what? Put me back on. We'll have a, 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 a count, point counterpoint of like, who's better of in and out and Shake Shack. Like, I appreciate I, it, I John. think you could say Five Guys is better than Shake Shack. Like, oh, Five Guys of... is a good burger. It's a good yeah, burger. exactly. You know, get free peanuts. I mean, come on. <laughs> John, I've had a lot of fun. We've covered a, a very important topic, right? Reducing emissions is on the forefront for a lot of people, but we made it fun. So hopefully everyone out there has had a great time, you know, listening to John talk about reducing carbon emissions. Uh, he will be back. So until the next time, you guys have a great rest of the week. John, thank you so much for coming out here and spending some time with me. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. All right, buddy. Thank you.